This is Nuance Radio. <laughs> what do you call a buck with only one eye? No idea. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Nuance Radio invites you to join the conversation that has come to be known as One Bloke Went to Mo. Welcome, welcome. This is One Bloke Went to Mo. My name's Biddle, or John, or <laughs> a British bloke, <laughs> that guy. Uh, with me is Victoria. How are you? I'm doing pretty good today. Excellent. That's good yes. to hear. You had a nice week? It's cold. It has been very cold, hasn't it? It's and, cold. Uh, has, has there any been, has the school been open where you live? No. No. Absolutely not. I know, right? <laughs> it's, it has um, been a long week. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long week. What can I say? It was like, it was so unfair because the snow that we had at the beginning of the week was, was gorgeous. We, went, we ran outside, we made a snowman. I mean, we didn't care that there wasn't any, any school because it was fun. And then the next day, we had this freezing rain on top of it, which um, turned it into like an ice rink, really. And it wasn't any fun at all after that. Yeah, the, that really nice kind of wet snow that we had was fantastic. Emma and mm -hmm. I made like a, a little igloo fort. We made a snowman. We threw snow. We made snow bricks. It was great. Awesome. Yes. So you almost made an igloo? Yeah, I did a different kind of top. I couldn't figure mm -hmm. out how to arch it properly to enclose it, so we just put sticks over the top and then covered it in straw. <laughs> it worked. That sounds great. Oh, you know that sled, mm -hmm. that orange sled? Mm -hmm. I broke it. Did you? <laughs> I broke it already. I was wondering. It was not meant for someone my size, apparently, <laughs> and I'm not that big. I know. Oh, golly. That reminds me. We... we uh, Dad built our sleds when we were young, and they were so heavy. You know, they were they weren't great down the hill, but they were a nightmare to drag back up the hill. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Rosebud. <laughs> Except mine was called Rocket. Rocket. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have one to have it named or anything because it no. never snowed where I lived as a kid. Yeah. Now, this. Uh, Mm. recent cold snap i don't know about you mm -hmm. but i have seen a lot of deer oh right yeah well yes. i haven't been out i you know i've only got a two-wheel truck remember yeah <laughs> uh, just the massive amount of deer that are out right now yeah ridiculous no you mentioned that um a while ago you saw like how many deer together I may have miscounted, but I know there was at least, there had been at least 12, but they were moving around. There could have been as many as 20 of them in this person's yard. Wow. And you're saying that's highly un unusual, right? I've never seen a deer herd like that size. They were all just there. They looked nice and round and healthy. And um, the only other time I'd seen a family of deer was out in Thomasville, and it was just, what? three, five of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this was a huge herd of deer in in town, essentially. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I think, actually, I've only ever seen maybe four, maybe five together. I don't know, you know. But that's it in the country, you know. Yeah, this, this was a lot. Mm. Too many in one shot. Well, we're going to be talking a bit more about hunting later, right? Yeah, I got, I got a few little mm. excerpts on that. Nothing mm -hmm. crazy, mm -hmm. but, you know. Some flavor. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, um, in local news over in the UK, um, there it's getting quite progressive over there. Uh, mm. The Gloucester City Council um, they held their like planning meeting where they're kind of mapping out like the next five to ten years what they're going to do with the city. And the the main thing that they all agreed on is that it, whatever progress they made, whatever land they allocate for new buildings, things like that, whatever new buildings get built, they've got to be green and they've got to be, you know, like carbon neutral, really conserving on energy um, and, and, and things like that. And it's really, I don't know, it's just very encouraging to see, you know, that people are actually taking it seriously now. Yeah. Um, 
in similar news over in Bristol, they had some uh, elections for their local council, and the majority party in Bristol City Council now is the Green Party. Ah. I know. Which, um, you know, American listeners may not care that much, but, I mean, at the moment, you see, the uh, left-wing party, the Labour Party in England, are running about 20 points ahead of the Tory party. Right, because essentially there, you know, you have a middle party, the Liberal, uh, the Social Democrats, or the Liberal Social Democrats, and, you know, uh, but the majority of the people either vote left or right still, right? So it's yeah. pretty much a two-party system. Um, except for the fact that, you know, the Greens are making headway up in in Scotland and, like I said, at the, at the local level. So... That's really interesting to see, you know. I mean, I'm not a Green Party voter, you know. I have more issues than that that I would vote on if I had a vote. But um, it's it's just what I'm observing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, you know, really green buildings and everything, did you know there's companies that are coming out with building blocks? Literally, they, they're about the size of cinder blocks or breeze blocks, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And they're made of hemp. They are more thermal efficient. Mm-hmm. They're lighter. They're easier to construct. They're completely renewable. They don't damage forests. Mm-hmm. And so far, the research and companies that have brought them out, I've looked at them. They they seem like the uh, way to go at this point. Mm-hmm. They're also easier to put together. Mm-hmm. And so, now, of course, you know, ever since uh, what is it? 2015, I think it was, when in the farm bill, uh, you can apply to grow hemp now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is good news, yeah. Yeah, so maybe they can uh, jump on that bandwagon. Oh, another thing about these new, these new hemp blocks is that it is very hard to burn them. They are almost fire retardant. Mm-hmm. They, I have seen that, actually. Yeah, they had like the blowtorch pointed at one, and it was just trying to burn, but it didn't catch on fire. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, in similar news, uh, there's this, a town called Heinem, um, and they are allocating four and a half acres to go to green energy storage. Now, I don't know, I'd never thought about this, right, um, in terms of uh, solar batteries. You know, like the ones I've seen, they're, they're just in the house and they're quite slender. You know, they can t- attach to the wall. Um, these things, they're almost like uh, shipping containers, you know, maybe like 20 foot long, um, that's, that sort of thing. Um, and they've got like air, air conditioning. I mean, it looks like a huge trailer park. Mega right? battery. Yeah, these are mega batteries. I mean, they, like I said, they've all got their own uh, cooling system, uh, air conditioning system on it. But uh, looks just like a trailer, except with no wheels, you know, that you might find on a big truck here. That's really cool. Just mm-hmm. giant shipping container sized batteries mm-hmm. and what are they going to use this for like towns neighborhoods businesses um i mean they are they are going to store any energy that comes from solar uh, or wind and then whenever the grid needs it you know they will supply the grid with that but oh. if it doesn't need it so you know it, it won't so um probably what will happen is it'll be supplying energy to the grid overnight you know, um, and then collecting solar during the day. So That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I hope that works out well. Are they going to put it underground, or did they say? No, like I said, if you imagine a trailer park with lots of uh, shipping con- uh, containers on it, you know, uh, parked like maybe uh, five, ten feet away from each other, oh, up and down okay. in lines, that's, okay. that's what it's going to look like. Okay, I was They're sitting like there thinking Big white refrigerated truck boxes, essentially. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. I'll put a picture up. Okay? Yes. All right. Yes. Yes. Um, kind of sad news, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Um, there are people still dying from COVID. Um, you know, I know, you know, in England, the way they count the numbers, uh, which is similar to the rest of the world, right, is that even if the person had other complications, if one of them was COVID as well, uh, they still record it as a COVID death, Right. So, um, but it's just, you know, there's not a lot, you know, obviously it's not as much as two years ago, um, <laughs> but there still are, you know, I find that interesting. That, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. They're still counting those deaths. As, uh, I think it's, what is it? It's more of like adding to a complication though, yeah? 
Well, I mean, if someone had COVID and, you know, I mean, if, if someone is sick with other ailments and then on top of that they get COVID and that, like, pushes them over the ed- mm-hmm. edge, it's still a COVID-related death. Okay, I got you there. It, it, it's worth, like, you, you, you know, because I think we've all felt like, you know, ever since, like, the end, the beginning of the 2021 season, you know, when fans came back to the soccer matches, mm-hmm. that COVID was over, but it, but it hasn't been over. No, it's just a thing that's here now. Mm, but it can still kill you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the plague, the black plague still exists. People it? think it doesn't, but it still exists. It's in the U.S. I didn't know that. Yeah, fleas carry it out in the Southwest. Bubonic plague. Yes, the bubonic plague. Huh. It still exists. It can still kill you. Okay. So, you know, just a new thing to add to our list. Do I need to get a vaccine for that? I don't think you can get vaccinated for it. Oh, okay. You just get sick, you go to the hospital, you get treated. I should keep washing my hands then. It's it's a flea bite. Oh, it's a flea bite. (laughs) Yeah. Ah. Mm. I know, right? You thought ticks were bad. (laughs) Fleas. (laughs) Anyway, in more encouraging news, um, one city over there in Gloucestershire, or one organization, is looking for hedgehog heroes. Uh, They are... (laughs) Sonic! (laughs) Hedgehogs are adorable creatures. Everyone in England loves them, especially when they curl up in a ball, uh, because then, you know, they can be used as a a soccer ball. Uh, No, they can... uh, They're very cute, and... Uh, obviously, they're in the national consciousness because uh, people like um, Beatrice Potter used to write about them and such. <laughs> well, if you say soccer ball, did you, the Red Queen in Alice in Wonderland used them as a croquet ball. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yes. croquet balls. Yeah, yeah. Not really big enough for a soccer ball, is it? Unless you're very small, very, very small. small person, yeah. five year old. Mm. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Anyway, the project is to encourage households to cut a six-inch hole in their fence, uh, kind of like a big uh, Tom and Jerry mouse hole, mm. uh, so that the hedgehogs can easily travel between gardens, uh, because at the moment they're very limited, you know. And you may not know this, every every garden in England has a privacy fence, like a proper fence, you know, because, I mean... Every house is an Englishman's castle. This is where this idea comes from. So every every English house is very well guarded with uh, privacy fences, especially because we love our privacy. There you go. <laughs> you love your privacy, but your houses are built right next to each other. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, hence the need for privacy. Right? The closer you get, the more privacy you want. We love our privacy. Lives in row house. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get a visa to move out of the country, you know? Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. You get a visa to come over to your neighbor's house. <laughs> Neighbor, let me over. Oh, man. you Okay, we joke about this, right? But I told you before that I used to have pen pals, right? We had, yes. I had a pen pal in Guernsey. Mm-hmm. I had two in France, one in Holland. And um, and then, you know, there'll be other visitors that would come from the continent at different times to the school and need a place to stay. Anyway, our usual thing was we would take them up, you know, we'd take them on a tour of the forest, right? So we'd go up to Simmons Yacht, which is this beautiful view over the River Wye. And uh, you can you can see the peregrine falcons who are nesting on the Ooh. on the bluffs that overlook the river, um, and then we might take them to Speech House, which is a, a a building that I mentioned earlier. They used to be like the central court, um, and then there's a few other places. There's a place called um, what is it? The Puzzle. It's like the Puzzle Forest. It's right next to Colford. Anyway, they shot um, some of the latest Star Wars movies there with it, when she's in the forest, you know, fighting in that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, so they shot some of that there. Uh, but then we'd probably go to somewhere like um, Ragnan Castle, right, which is on the other side of the River Wye. And we'd say to them, you know, just before we got there, oh, we're going into Wales now. You do have your passport with you, right? <laughs> and they'd look terrified and say no. We knew they didn't. And we'd say, okay, well, you just have to duck down at the, <laughs> at the back of the seat 
and we'll put a blanket over you and when we get over the bridge we'll let you know <laughs> and of course there's no security there you, can, you don't need a passport the Welsh don't care <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, not a lot of news in West Plains uh, that I can come across, apart from people having accidents. Yes, lots of wrecks, mm -hmm. um, lots of unfortunate wrecks. Mm -hmm. um, I know there is news in West Plains, but it's nothing to really shout about or anything. Uh, mm -hmm. We do have somebody coming to the Civic Center, don't we? We do. A big old country star. Yeah, what right? was his name? Aaron? A uh, Aaron Lewis. Aaron Lewis, mm -hmm. yes. Aaron Lewis. He's yes. going to be at the Civic Center. So if that's um, your thing, go see him. <laughs> I made a point of looking him up on Spotify because uh -huh. I don't want to be ignorant. And uh, he has like a million and a half, uh, you know, monthly listeners. Uh, wow. Yeah, like one of his songs, like the first one that you see there, um, has been played like over 100 million times. So he's a big deal, obviously, you know. All right. I mean, personally, I don't really keep up with the uh, music scene in terms of the country music stars, you know, but... Um, yeah, I guess it's going to be a big concert. The tickets range from 25 bucks to 125 bucks. And wow. um, he's coming here on, let's see, June 1st. That's when he's playing at the Civic Center. And tickets will go on sale uh, next week on February 10th. All right, then. Yeah, you definitely did week. more research on that than me. <laughs> so... It obviously shows who pays attention more to singers mm -hmm. between the two of us. And what kind of country style is he? I'd say if you have two flags on your, in your house, if you're an American and you have two flags, uh -huh. uh, you probably enjoy his music. Oh. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially, if one of, especially if one of the flags has a snake on it. <laughs> I was going to say, what, what, oh. <laughs> okay, so my little bit of local news, which mm -hmm. I'll touch on this a bit more later on, but the uh, Missouri Department of Conservation. Mm -hmm. uh, know them well. Yes, they just sent out a reminder to the public that they are extending the fur bearer hunting season. Ooh. So fur bearing animals, they're extending that season out a bit longer. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... They extended it, I believe, last year, and it's going to be for hunting and trapping. Mm -hmm. So it's the fur-bearing animals, so any kind of mammal, such as coyotes, raccoons, skunks, uh, some people like possums for some reason, but, you know, those kinds, fuzzy animals. And they're doing that because of the growth uh, the population of those animals. And I have to say, I agree with the skunks. I have seen so many yeah. the past year. Oh, yeah? Lots of them. Hmm. So. You know, my five-year-old the other day asked me, what is the difference between hair and fur? And I really couldn't think of a good answer. <laughs> it, I, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? But you know when, I mean, when you feel it, you know the difference between hair and fur, but kind of a texture thing isn't it it's um they're technically the same thing mm -hmm. i had to uh, uh i've looked up stuff like that before people equate hair to being softer and grows longer mm -hmm. and fur is obviously much shorter mm. and, and falls out more frequently the thing is they're made of the exact same substance carrots right <laughs> isn't it keratin keratin yeah keratin yes right and they're essentially the same thing, but I guess people gave them the gave it the name fur because it just feels and grows differently than regular mm. hair. Right, right. So it's it's essentially the same thing, just has different growing habits. Okay, but in terms of animals that you can kill, like a, a horse has hair, right? Fur. Oh, a horse has fur, does it? Uh, yeah they they have. They grow a winter coat and it sheds. Mm, okay. So they have fur on their bodies if we're going just based on these two differences, but their mane and their tail acts more like human hair. Ah, uh, right, right. It's really durable. Mm, good example of both, right? Yes. Go horses. Oh, <laughs> and um, back on the, the fur-bearing thing, mm. the in Missouri Department of Conservation posted this thing. 
They're extending the hunting season and trapping season for bobcat, raccoon, opossum, and striped skunk. Now, this is from November 15th last year to the last day of February. And they are extending the trapping season for coyote from November 15th last year as well to the last day of February. And they're also extending it for mink. And that has the same time frame for them. And they're possibly going to open an early hunting and trapping season for raccoon, opossum, and striped skunks. Mm. That's going to be a little bit later in the year, but they're likely going to open that one up too. Okay, right. And they're actually allowing the use of artificial light to spot, locate, and attempt to take coyotes. Really? Yes. Wow. I thought that was illegal. Yeah, that's called, what is it called, lamping? Yeah. 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 Typically it is, um, but I guess there's enough of them that it's an issue. However, they are sticking to the rule of you can't do that while you're in a vehicle of any kind. So they're they're extending those, and I would highly recommend getting more information on it. If you are a fur bearer hunter, mm. check out any of your local MDC regional offices. I'm sure they'd be happy to answer that for you, possibly get you the appropriate paperwork and tags for it Mm, okay yes well um over at the osby which is the uh small business incubator uh for the ozarks um down in washington uh they've got four events going on in the month of february uh the first one is the called the power of pop-up shops and that's a webinar that's going to be held on february 6th from 1 till 2 p.m and it's free to join, so it's a webinar, right? So that sounds uh, good. go to their website and sign up for that. The second event is monthly, and it's called Smart Start, Developing Successful Business, and will be held on February uh, 10th from 2 p.m. till 4.30 p.m. Uh, just like the webinar, this workshop is free and registration is required. Okay, awesome. Uh, the third event is the Launch U 2023. Uh, it is an eight-week course for aspiring and early-stage business owners. Uh, the class start date is on Saturday, February 18th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, cost for the class is $225 to register. And like I said, that's an eight-week course. Oh, I'm interested. Uh, The final event in February will be Lunch and Learn, a credit building for businesses. And that will be held on Wednesday, February 22nd. Uh, Cost is $15. And deadline to register is February 17th at 8 a.m. Okay, cool. And it looks like the um, electric company, uh, Howlack, um, are sponsoring that one. Awesome. Oh, speaking of Howl Electric, can I throw this in there? Mm-hmm. Please do. Big shout out and props to our electric company and the linemen mm-hmm. in the area. Once again, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, big shout out to you guys doing that job. Because mm-hmm. I'm certain there were quite a few people that dealt with power outages and this cold. And these men and women were out there in the middle of it. Messing with frozen electricity, so mm-hmm. my word, thank you. Yeah, I think about a, a third of the county went out, actually. Oh, gosh. Yeah, which is uh, quite a lot, you know. That is a it's lot. A big area. Well, um, giving shouts out, I want to just give a shout out to two of our new listeners uh, over in the UK. That is Martin and Rich. Hi. <laughs> uh, these are two very good friends of mine uh, that I went to uni with, and um, I haven't always, you know, being in contact with them, you know, like like with most of my friends, you know, it's been an off and on uh, thing, yeah, mainly due to me, right, uh, um, traveling and not wanting to talk to a lot of people. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, yeah, they've both been starting right from the beginning. And uh, I don't know if, when they're going to hear this episode, but uh, I just thought it would be nice to give them a shout out yeah. to say, hey, well done to making it to our, what is this, like, 24th 25th episode now something oh, like that I that's don't know. terrible we don't I've know kinda, i've kind of lost track <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to go through and count and be like one two which is a good thing you know yes yeah. oh and we also we have another listener though but they're here in west plains oh yeah neil shout out to neil oh neil i love neil yes. he's quite a character isn't he fan 
fantastic. Yeah, I'm hoping to interview him soon. He wants to set up a disc golf course. I, I, it's hard to say that. Disc, disc, golf. disc golf. Have you ever heard of disc golf? I have. Yeah, I'd never heard about it until I met him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've never played it, but um, I I am aware of it. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's going to be very interesting. Apparently, cool. it's, it's getting really popular. Oh. I mean, I guess it must be. He wants to, like, you know. I mean, here's a shout out, right? I put, and I, you know, as a realtor, I will say that I don't represent him, but um, if you have uh, 35 to 45 acres that you want to sell that has a pond on it, uh, he might be interested. So let me know. Nice. (laughs) And then maybe he will become my client. Hey, it's your podcast. You can pat yourself on the back a little bit now. Well, I put, I put an advert in the horse trader, and I also put one on Facebook, you know, asking if there was anyone out there. Because there's nothing on the market right now, you know, that would that would suit him, really. Um, there was some land up in uh, Eminence in uh, Shannon County. Huh? Uh, but when I caught, they were like, no, we don't want any, you know. Get away. We don't need um, tourists up here. They said, if you look closely at the details, uh, this is completely off grid. And I said, yeah, well, you know, that just means it doesn't have electric, right? And he's like, yeah, well, none of the neighbors are going to allow electric across their land to get to this land. So Ooh. it's going to be off grid or nothing. I'm like, oh, Dang, okay. hostile. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, <laughs> not really hostile, but just uh, conservative, let's say. Uh, <laughs> so. Let's say a little bit of the B word. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. They might be listening. No, I mean, I understand where they're coming from, you know. I, I'd love to live off grid. It's just it's difficult to do. It is. You know, I've been heading that way for years, and I'm kind of halfway there, you know, but actually halfway seems a bit safer, you know, like just in case my electric breaks down, well, I can still get, you know, yeah, electric from the grid, right? Yes. If, the, if the well breaks down, I can still get water from the public water company. There you go. <laughs> it's a hybrid situation. Well, I get hybrid you situations know. aren't bad. I think we're in a hybrid phase of phase of life, you know, right now. Like, I, I, you know, like we said months ago when I was thinking about getting an electric car, I just... Don't feel I'm ready. I don't feel like the infrastructure is ready. You know, I know there's lots of charging stations, but it takes a long time to charge the car. And, you know, it's not like you can swap the battery packs in and out, which would be great if you could do that. Um, you know, so you could just leave the fully charged ones at home and then when you come home, swap them out. That I'm going to have to post a video. But, I mean, <laughs> I know how big the batteries are or yes. like how much there are of them. You know, so they are so heavy, right? So you know, I understand why that isn't happening, but um, so so swapping the battery packs. I'm just going to throw this out there. So back in New York, there used to be an electric taxi cab service, and that's what they did. There was a special quote battery station or gas station for just the electric taxi cabs, and they would come over there. The, this crew of four guys would lift the battery pack out of the front of the vehicle and put a brand new one in there, and the taxi would go back to work. And this was back in. They, they kind of looked like almost Model T Ford-looking cabs. Wow. It was it was old video. I'll have to find it and put it on the uh, Facebook page. It's yeah. It's fascinating to watch. Wow, okay. I was like, do that. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see that. Anyway, um, one last news story, which is going to lead me into my thought for the day. And that is that also at Osby, they have a new uh, business partner. um, And the new partner is a non-for-profit organization called New Growth. And what they're doing is handing out $5,000 to people that want to start a business. You know, they call it a microloan. And they are getting this money from the... um, federal agricultural board who are issuing this money in the form of grants and you know what a grant is right it's like a loan that you don't have to pay back i feel like there's a little bit more coming after this but no no, not really it well yeah we're coming on to the thought for the day Uh so um first thing to say is if you're interested in starting business get down to the osby and ask them about these microloans of $5,000, right? Because $5,000, you 
is probably a good amount actually for a lot of small businesses to get them started you know now they are calling it a micro loan so i expect they are operating operating on trying to make a profit from issuing these loans but they're backed by grants so um and you know anything backed by the federal government is pretty much guaranteed so anyway what that leads me on to is i've come across this sentiment here um and I, I find it in the country in england as well right it's this idea that i don't want a government handout and that getting a government handout is some sign of weakness maybe um i don't know what it is there seems to be a lot of pride wrapped up in this uh, idea that i've you know built whatever it is i have you know by pulling up my bootstraps and you know I've been in I've been a success without anyone helping me, right? Especially yeah. the government, because apparently <laughs> there's this thing about, um, and has been really since Reagan, if you think about it, this desire for a smaller government. Well, I just want to start off by talking about <laughs> <laughs> the actual facts, right? <laughs> because now let's see here in um, okay in 2021, right? Um, the numbers that we have. In terms of people that work for the quote-unquote government, right, so that would be federal and state and local government, you've got 21.68 million people in this country that work for the government in some form or fashion. Okay. That's more than I thought, actually. That's a high number. That seems like a high number. However, out of that 21,680,000 people, only 2,850,000 work for the federal government. 18,830,000 work for state and local governments. Huh. Now, let's go back to 1982. Burn it down. Which is, <laughs> what, about 40 years ago. Uh-huh. So I said that right now you've got 2.85 million people working for the federal government. Back then you had 2.89. Oh. You had more people 40 years ago working for your federal government than you do today. However, Uh when we we look at the state and local government numbers, you've got 18,830,000 working in state and local government uh, at the moment here. Back in 1982, uh, 12.99 million. That's a big jump. (laughs) Yeah, so basically from 13 million to almost 19 million. So it's gone up 6 million in the last 40 years. But that's at the state and local level. Oh. Ah. Now, what does that really mean? Because the population has changed, right? I mean, 40 years ago, the population here in this country was 231 million, and now it's 334 million. Well, what percentage of the... Um, people working for the government as a whole, well, at the moment, it's that means uh, 6.48% of the total population, whereas 40 years ago, it was 6.85. So the number of people working for federal, state, and local government has actually decreased as a percentage of the total uh, population. So... As a percentage, right? Huh gone down yeah yeah so really the, the like i said the big increase really has been in your state and local government i want to say something so terrible <laughs> please do you hear that everyone they're only six percent <laughs> get them <laughs> what a laugh <laughs> That is a maniacal laugh if I've ever heard one. Hang on, wait, wait. I can do better. <clears throat> Brouhaha. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to government handouts. <laughs> so, as, we, as we've all learnt, kids, from the beginning of this podcast, who creates the money? The federal government does. So, can, who, can the, who can the federal government employ? Everyone, if, if she wants to. She can employ every single American here if she wants to, because she's the one that creates the money in the first place and then taxes it back out of the system. 
So, Rude. <laughs> I know. So, you know, I know I know a lot of the left-wingers right now are celebrating, you know, like 12 million new jobs created. This is after like 15 million jobs were lost, you know, in the pandemic. Yeah. Or 10 million, actually. I think we're there like 2 million above now where we were. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. So we lost a lot. We've gained a lot back. Um, but they're still patting themselves on the back for saying like, oh, infl- um, unemployment is down to 3.5%, lowest in like 50 years. <laughs> And I'm like, why aren't you employing those other three and a half percent anyway? We're doing. I mean, so based on my good. numbers, that's another ten million people. <laughs> if you wanted to, you could employ them to do whatever you want. You could employ them to be, you know, like you said, linemen, emergency services. Uh, you can employ them to be daycare workers. You can employ them. To, wouldn't that be nice? Right? Yes. Have can- more daycare centers around here so that uh, more people can then actually get to work because they're not having to look after the kids. Yes, and have a good transit system. Have a good transit system. Yeah, all, all the things that you would like to see in life are possible because we have the people wanting to work, willing to work. It's just they don't, not enough of them have people to employ them. And there you have the federal government sitting there, the people that create the money with the ability to employ anyone and everyone in the US that they want to. And it will not cause infa- inflation. Right, because they're the ones employing them. Ah. Right, they they set the level for the wages, and there's you know as long as it's not excessive, you're not going to get inflation. The thing that causes your inflation is the shortage of things to buy. And you know, I'm sorry to go on and on about this, but I think you know, as an INFJ, I need <laughs> I need a cause, and this is my cause, like to educate people on the fact that your federal government could employ everyone if they wanted to. Remember, and it would not cause inflation. You gave me a number now, John. Remember, <laughs> everyone, it's only it's only six <laughs> percent. Oh my god! <laughs> but like I said, it's not the feds, man. It's your state <laughs> and local dudes, right? Bruh, <laughs> bruh, just hire someone. <laughs> anyway, going back to government handouts, there are grants available, right, um, to build where. Uh, to build greenhouses. Have you seen that one? I think I showed you that one. You, I you can you can get a free, massive, one of those, uh, what do you call them? They look like um, aircraft hangers, you know, they're sort of semicircular. A hoop house? Yeah, something like that. A hoop. Look, it looks like a hoop house. Mm-hmm, yeah. You can get those, you can get a grant to buy yourself one of those big ones. Uh, as long as you're going to make be promising to produce food, right? Um, the one... The small downside is you're going to get inspected from time to time to make sure you are <laughs> making food with it. Not growing but, anything else. <laughs> well, I mean, even that is going to be legalized. Yeah, I was this, just this, making... this, I know, but really, I mean, the <laughs> you you can even do that. I mean, you can even do that. We're on a medical license right now. Yes. You can have a, a medical license that allows you to grow three plants if you want to. Yeah. Now, and... kids, I'm not telling you which plants those are, but adults... You know what I mean? <laughs> Wink. <laughs> so, um, so there, and like I said, a grant is a loan that you don't have to pay back. Why not apply for it? It's free money. Yeah, you go. Hey, free money. And also, speaking of that, you, you gave me an idea with the, the greenhouse grants is that West Plains is going to be adding that 3% tax on it. So mm-hmm. why not go to that Ausbiz thing, learn how to run a business, get the uh, little startup loan, get all your paperwork paid for with that, and then apply for the little hoop house mm. or grant thing. Right, house. right. But, you know, I mean, there are a lot of um, other things that are specialties, right? I mean, yes. there's herbs, spices, um, things like that, which can be profitable to sell. Yes. Right? They don't always have to be... Um, particular plants a good one a good one to keep in mind for anybody who does do this mm-hmm. uh saffron oh there we go yeah Ooh, saffron you grow your own organic saffron in uh this greenhouse with the grant and everything uh look at the price of saffron per mm-hmm. gram yeah <laughs> you'll yeah. be surprised yeah really probably more than gold actually it's actually yes Based on grams, it's worth more than gold. That other plant we were referencing, it's mm-hmm. worth a ton of money. Wow. Brain sticking. <laughs> uh, last thing, government handouts, right? So the idea that any one person, like, 
I'm almost tired of these billionaires, you know, being lauded as if they're geniuses because um, they have all this money, right? But we, we don't, we forget that there's like tens of thousands of people working in their companies that are providing all this value. We're also forgetting that if a hundred years of American society hadn't come before them in building the infrastructure, building the institutions, you know, the banking system, the money itself, you know, like putting that all that, putting laws into place. Do you know why a lot of people love investing in England and in America? It's not because we have any, it's not to do necessarily with the resources that we have. It's because we have a very strict legal system and they know that if they park their money in one of, you know, in a safe country like England or America, that the legal system will protect them, will protect their money. Mm. Right. So, but how did you get that legal system? I mean, you know, the joke is that your legal code, you know, kind of like your tax code is, is more words in it than the Bible nowadays, but it's, um, it's been built up over time. You know, people started out with really fundamental basic rules and then they've made them seemingly more complicated, but actually more detailed and more, you know, contextualized really. Last thing to say is <laughs> whenever I hear these famous, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps type of people, um, praising themselves for how they've uh, managed to just be successful all by themselves. I then think, think about all the people like in New Orleans or Florida or um, other places where there's been a natural disaster and suddenly they're so thankful that the, the FEMA has come in or you know emergency workers have come in or the police have come in or whoever it is, right, local or federal, uh, you know, like, in with their crates where, of water. where did these people come from? Just magically <laughs> just showed up? I mean, no, these have been institutions that have been built and built for years and years and years. And some of y'all want to just start over again. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I guess there's, I guess I'm thinking that, why people are so opposed to the idea of, quote, government handouts, mm. even calling it a handout, mm -hmm. is because there are stereotypes That's right. of people who do need help or assistance um, federally or from the government because of one reason or another, be it personal issues or social, economical, or they're just having a hard time. Right, right. And those, that's what those programs, those are the people those programs are designed for. And you'll see people, unfortunately, abusing that. Mm -hmm. And that might be where that attitude comes from. It definitely is, yeah. And, and people are being pitched against each other based on that theory, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, look at the, this party. They're giving all the money to people that live in cities, and then the other party will say, look at this, they're giving handouts to farmers, right? Like bailing them out after that um, stupid import tax that was imposed. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it is stupid because, I mean, we all paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no foreign country paid for those import taxes. You did. On to something a bit more lighthearted, yes. right? I occasionally dip into Twitter, right? Oh. Uh, mo mostly for soccer news now, right? Mm -hmm. So trying to wean myself off the politics as much as I can from my own blood pressure, really. Given that our most of this podcast <laughs> was politics today. <laughs> anyway, I saw a tweet from uh, Stephen King, and he said, uh, what, what, do you call, <laughs> what do you call a magician who's lost his magic? Ian. And I know it's easier if you look at this this written down, but it's really funny because obviously magician, you know, you take the magic off the front and then the last three letters are I-A-N. So Posted in our uh, our Facebook page story for that. But then it reminded me of these, these uh, it reminded me of these jokes that we used to tell at school, which are all based on, you know, the names of, of, mm -hmm. of people. Uh, so what do you call, what do you call a man with a seagull on his head? Cliff. <laughs> Uh, what do you call a man with no arms, no legs, and he's floating in the water? Bob. 
What do you call a buck with only one eye? No idea. No idea. <laughs> what do you call a buck with no eye and no legs? Still no idea. <laughs> they're bad, but they're funny. <laughs> so, friends, if you have any more of those that I've forgotten, let me know. I'm sure there was one. Oh, what do you call a man with a spade in his head? Doug. Oh, God. <laughs> and your facial expression, you're so proud of these. I'm so happy to remember it. It's, it's nostalgia. Where, where, does, where does Vader go to buy his shoes? Where? At the Darth Mall. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that's pretty good. I All right, we, we should talk about hunting, right? Now, specifically, the question that I asked you earlier this week was, yes. can you explain all the different rules for hunting? The, 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 the season seems to be complicated to me. As someone who doesn't hunt, I look at it and there's like, there's bow, bow time and rifle time and mm-hmm. uh, double time and half time. <laughs> or, what's going on over there? <laughs> Okay, so I don't profess to be a a professional hunter in any way, mm-hmm. but they have different. Uh, but if they look at you funny, you're... I'd look at me crossways. <laughs> I'd be like, "You're about to be part of the six percent target audience here." Oh <laughs> you shouldn't have given me that number. Oh god, you made a mistake. <laughs> anyway. Going specifically on what's used to hunt, so the two primary ones are rifle and bow. Mm-hmm. So you have those two seasons, and bow season usually starts first. Now, there's a number of reasons and a number of different rules and laws for hunting. I'm not going to read every single thing that exists, mm-hmm. but they start with bow hunting. Can't carry a beatbox, right? I read that one. I wouldn't. That yeah. might be confusing, mm-hmm. and you'll make everybody angry. So usually they'll start with bow season and then go into rifle season. Mm -hmm. Now it's a well-known documented behavior around uh, deer and people who go hunting that as soon as the first rifle round goes off, the animals are far more wary. So it makes it even harder if bow season was after rifle season. Mm, Okay. Right, 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 right. So, and my dad has seen this too. He doesn't even hunt. Skittish, right? You call they, it, yes, you call they it get, skittish over here. Yes, they get very skittish, mm-hmm. and they're very, very reclusive. Then they go way into the woods. It's even harder to hunt them. Mm-hmm. Now, that usually starts in the fall, and I'll get into the different seasonal times for the animals themselves. But they start with bow season because it's typically the quieter hunting method, mm-hmm. and bow hunters aren't as strictly required to have orange on. Oh, really? Now, it depends on the state, so don't mm-hmm. sit there and attack me. It's not a blanket statement. Mm-hmm. But bow hunters have to be more in the element of what they're hunting. Mm. So they have to have camo head to toe. Usually their faces are painted. They're wearing ghillie suits and all kinds of stuff. Mm. And if you have bow hunters and rifle hunters at the same time, a rifle hunter could make a big mistake thinking that that's an animal that he's been stalking. Right, right. So that's a big safety issue. Mm -hmm. Number one, it is safety and fairness. Mm -hmm. Now, the success rate is very different from bow and rifle season two. Uh, Success rate? Success rate for hunting, yes. For the deer? (laughs) Mostly the people hunting, but Mm. in bow season... The success rate sits around 10% across the nation. Okay. Yeah, so you're... So that's like um, out of 100 arrows fired, 10 will hit their mark or something? Or That might be successful in killing the animal, yes. Hmm. Okay, right, right. It's a very, very low percentage. I didn't realize it was that low. Yeah. But looking into it, it does ret- it does take a lot more skill to get that close to an animal in their environment and they can hear you 
better mm. than you can hear. They can see better. They can pick up your sense of smell. And they're already edgy as it is. Oh, right. So it's the range at which you're firing from, right? Yes. Okay. So uh, bow hunters have to be much closer. So what's the typical range for, say, a bow? Mm. Um I would say... Like 30 feet or something? Or? I would say about 30 feet. The closer, yeah. the better, obviously. Sure, yeah. Um, and let's put that in contrast with rifle season. Mm. Um, that 10% jumps to around 41% success rate. Wow. Much and higher. Yeah. Much higher. Mm. Much, much higher. And with the higher success rate, though, there's also more incidents. As in? Accidents involving firearms. Oh, right. So, yes, across the nation, if you use, I'm not, I'm not discrediting either method. I like bow hunting. Mm-hmm. I like rifle hunting. Both yeah. are fine. You just have to accept the fact that there are more, there's a higher mortality rate with rifle hunting versus mm. bow hunting. Right. So, yes, people can die bow hunting. Yeah. Yes, people can die rifle hunting. So... It's it's a fairness thing. They let the bow hunters go first because the animals aren't as freaked out because bows are quieter. Mm-hmm. And then they'll bring in a rifle season, and it'll carry on from there. Got it. Right. Yes. And trapping, that depends on the animal and your specific state, what kind of animal. That gets way more detailed. Mm-hmm. That's what, like whatever they're trying to control at the time. Yes. And what the numbers are. Yes. Yeah, okay. Now... Population control for a certain species of animals changes based on uh, state. Mm-hmm. Now, the big one that a lot of people are going to know about who do hunt or even don't hunt is that the U.S. has a problem with feral hogs, mm. boars, hogs, yeah. whatever you want to call them, pigs. Well, we know about that in the Forest of Dean, too. I told you yeah. about that, didn't I? Yes, you did, and they were mm-hmm. tearing some stuff up. Well, yeah. They're doing that here in the States. Now, here's how the numbers are right now. Right in now in the U.S., there's an estimated population of one million elk. Oh yeah, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Cool, one million elk, nice. Yeah, I didn't know that. About six million plus feral pigs. Wow. And they are doing a lot of damage. Yeah. So, I'll use Florida and Texas as an example. Mm-hmm. They don't have a tag limit. Oh. Most of the time, there is no tag limit, mm-hmm. and it's unlimited on your own private land. Oh, with okay. no tags. Wow. Now that changes year to year, so don't hold me to it. Mm-hmm. I know on government property, they do have, uh, I believe, sanctioned hunts where people will go out in mass and hunt feral pigs. Mm, okay. So it is a problem, and that's one of those situa- one of those examples where it's an unlimited. There, it doesn't matter. You could be hunting in the summer, fall, winter, or spring. Oh, wow. You can use firearms. You can use traps. You can use bows, black powder rifles if you want. <laughs> Surface-to-air missiles? I think they might They might let that happen in Texas, but yeah. I don't know about the other states. <laughs> right, right. Good point. Now, another animal that surprised me, though, that is getting an unlimited, well, a spring season mm-hmm. is turkeys. Really? Yeah. Apparently, the turkey population is getting a little, a little wild. Wow. And that surprised me because most of the hunting time is in the fall Mm. and winter. And come springtime, they don't want people hunting because animals are um, caring for their young. They're already weak and thin from the winter. Mm -hmm. So that's why there's not really ever a spring hunting season Mm -hmm. because they're just weak and they have to take care of babies. Right, right. And turkeys are apparently... uh, Losing their privilege of no spring hunting. Oh, golly. So, That's here in Missouri? Yes, Missouri is one of those states. Uh, I do believe you still have to do a tag, though. Mm, okay. You do have to uh, tags for each bird. Oh, okay. So, definitely talk to the Missouri Department of Conservation to verify what I've said. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's important to stress it every episode that neither of us are, you know, financial experts or lawyers or, you know, yes. <laughs> hunting experts or I'm, any of that. Definitely like, I'm not, but these are, this is just information I've come across. And mm-hmm. I was surprised and, about the turkeys. And you, where do you get a hunting uh, license from? Okay. So you usually have to take a course mm-hmm. from a certified location. Um, 
the biggest company that I can think of that does them. And this isn't a promotion to say the least. It's just, mm-hmm. you can go there. Usually Bass Pro Shop has courses. Mm, okay. Yeah. And once you pass that test, you take your test results that have been signed off by the instructor and you can apply. Oh, okay. I believe you can apply sometimes at Walmart mm-hmm. or you can go to um, wherever the game management location is in your city. Mm, okay. And game managers are the ones that issue how many tags can go out a year or whether something's unlimited or if they have to change the season dates. Mm, okay. Now, in the earlier news article that you referenced, they were talking about um, expanding the the, uh, the fur-based animals that you could go yes. after. And one of them you mentioned was coyotes. Yes. I ran into someone down in Moody, which is about 20 miles south of West Plains, and he said that, yeah, that often happens like once a year around about this time, in fact. Like a whole group of them, like 20 guys or so, um, they get paid by, I don't know who, the state maybe. Probably um, game wardens. Or the or, county or something. Yeah. Um, they get like 20 bucks a head uh, to go out and get coyotes. And I thought about that at the time, you know, because like back then I was living also down near Moody, about 20 miles out of the city, um, you know, open countryside, right? And yeah, we're always aware, like around about nine o'clock every night, the coyotes get together and they start howling before they go out hunting. Well, you know, three years ago, I moved to where I am now, just outside the city of West Plains. And this winter was the first winter that I heard coyotes, like just down the road from us, you know? So, I mean, obviously that's just one anecdote out of, you know, however many. But um, maybe there is some truth in the fact that, you know, there are too many coyotes out there at the moment. I mean... What what would what would be their predator, like a mountain lion or something, or wolves, mountain lions, wolves? bears? If a bear is right. feeling, and we don't have a lot of those around, do we? No, uh, those large predators do not like to be around urban areas very mm-hmm. much. Right, and coyotes, they're fine with urban environments. That's the thing. Yeah, coyotes yeah. are not typically afraid of urban environments, whereas if you deal with wolves wolves want nothing to do with this yeah yeah absolutely not mountain lions they're very introverted aren't they yeah for their families they're just like nah we're not going in city areas right bears they're not super fond of it either yeah i mean they will come into some neighborhoods that have encroached on their territories and go through trash but so anyway i can see why the coyote population might be out of control you know yeah, they have access to human food, small mm-hmm. animals that people have, easy mm-hmm. targets. Oh, man. How many cats did we lose out in the country? I mean, we almost got to the point of not naming them. Oh, no. Yeah, they're probably getting picked <laughs> by coyote. Yeah. Cat one, cat two, cat, cat. three. Hello, orange cat. <laughs> Hello, black cat. Don't get attached, kids. <laughs> it's like, be smart, kitty. <laughs> now, another animal that's surprising that might take on a weak or a very small coyote, mm-hmm. bobcat. Mm, okay. Bobcats can get big. They can definitely, um, it's actually been recorded, bobcats taking down deer. Wow. Yeah, so I'm wow. certain if one was feeling full of himself, he could take on a coyote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. The other thing you forgot to mention was, uh, what's the success rate of normal predators? Oh, Okay, so predator. Okay, wild animals have a hard time, and it doesn't seem like it, but they do. So, an example I'll use is a pride of lions. Mm-hmm. All right. So, whenever you see the documentaries, they're always successful. Right. Yeah, that's um, eight out of ten hunts fail. Wow. Yeah. So, what you're seeing is that camera crew just following this pride for who knows how long they have tried yeah. to catch an animal. Yeah. That's Which makes why. sense, really, when you think about it. I mean, if a gun, you know, if a rifle is 41% successful and bows are only, what, 10%. Mm-hmm. You're more if you're natural. A, a lion or even a pride of lions running after a gazelle, yeah, I'm sure there are eight out of 10 attempts that just end up in the gazelle getting away. Yep. I mean, there's other animals that have lower success rate. I think eagles sit in the same category as that, too. 
Wow. They have a pretty low catch rate. Mm-hmm. I think probably one of the more successful animals that I've seen would be orcas or killer whales. Mm, but right. their hunting strategies are very different. I'm thinking about chickens and ticks. Like, I think the t- chickens have got a pretty good success rate. Oh, actually. yes. I think the chickens have an excellent it's like success a thousand, rate. thousand percent, actually. Yes. Chicken's like, are you going to run? I went for one and I got five. <laughs> there you go. Okay, well, um, that may be all we have time for this week. Um, Once again, uh, whatever you're doing, uh, stay warm and try not to slip. And um, have a great week, everyone. Y'all have a good one and enjoy the warmer weather next week. Yay. Yay. In the 40s. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you. You've been listening to One Bloke Went to Moe.